The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Adam Patrick. All right. Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast for thevikingage.com. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor and lead writer for the Viking Age. Before we get started today, make sure to follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook. The site's username on Twitter is at the Viking Age, and you can follow the site's Facebook page by heading to facebook.com slash the Viking Age. All right, on today's show, we've got Matt. Verderam. He covers the NFL for Fansided, and he also co-hosts the Arrowhead Attic podcast covering the Kansas City Chiefs. So since the Vikings and Chiefs are facing off in a big preseason matchup on Friday, I figured I'd bring him in. So welcome to the show, Matt. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No problem. All right. So the Chiefs and Vikings are playing in their preseason finale on Friday. Um, but there's a couple former Vikings that are going to be suiting up for the Chiefs on Friday, whether they, you know, barring injury or whatever. One of those is Jarek McKinnon. Uh, He was drafted by the Vikings. He left, went to the 49ers, and didn't really do so well because he dealt with some uh, knee issues. But now he's with the Chiefs. So, you know, how has Jarek McKinnon been looking for the Chiefs this year? Do you expect maybe a, a kind of a significant role for him in 2021? Yeah, I, I think he's, first of all, he's done a nice job. Um, and I expect him to play a lot against Minnesota. And what is, you know, you could argue the biggest games two teams have ever played against each other. This, Super Bowl four, it's up to date. Um, you know, with McKinnon, he's fighting for that backup role behind Clyde Edwards Alaire. And I think he's pretty much got it wrapped up. Uh, Daryl Williams, who was a backup last year, along with Le'Veon Bell, he's dealing with a concussion. Darwin Thompson, who was a late round pick a couple years ago, he, he, he shows flashes, but then, They'll make a mistake or it feels like they don't quite trust him. And McKinnon comes in. She's like him for a few reasons. One, he can play on special teams. Two, he can catch the ball. And three, he can block and pass protection. Mm-hmm. And if there's one issue that she's having with Edwards Alaire, not because he doesn't, he's not willing, but just he hasn't quite gotten there all the way yet, is I don't know if they trust him on third and eight and let's put him in there to block. I, I don't I don't feel that that's a very good uh, you know spot for him right now. And so – I kind of, you know, I know Mace is a little over Vikings fans' heads if they're not really, really familiar with the Chiefs, but I look at Jerick McKinnon coming in and playing a lot of that Spencer Ware role for the Chiefs. Yeah. Ware was a back for them a couple of years ago that 
when, right at right at the time they were going from Smith to Mahomes, Ware had been a, a really a bell cow for them, and then he became more of a pass protector, and they loved him for that because he could pick up blitzes and he was, and he was willing to do it. He could, you know, there was no blitz coming; he could swing out of the backfield. I think that's what they see Jerick McKinnon doing for them. Um, and, it, and if you can do that for the Chiefs, considering their personnel, you're going to see the field. Yeah, I think um, was where there was was he there when Jamal Charles was there? Um, yeah, he came in. He came in. I think 2015, and then he really had a pretty big role 16 and 17, and yeah. then in 18 when they went to the AFC title game, lost in New England. He was there as a as a backup, kind of kind of played a, a part time role, but he. He was really a nice complimentary back. He could get some short yardage every once in a while. He'd break one, but he really was there because he could block the hell out of a blitzing corner and he and he could catch the ball. So I think I think the Chiefs see a similar skill set in McKinnon, maybe a little more explosive than, than Ware, and that's why he's here. That's interesting because I think a lot – I, I don't even know, you know if a lot of people realize that McKinnon's on the Chiefs because he's kind of been under the radar being with yep. the Niners – last year so i think when vikings fans are watching on friday they're gonna be like oh wait a minute jerry mckinnon he's on the chiefs and he's wearing you know i think he's wearing number one so that looks uh pretty interesting on on uh, a running back in the nfl still trying to get used to that um but what about let's see mike hughes the or the chiefs acquired him from uh, the vikings earlier this year um is he going to play a significant role for the chiefs this season you know it's funny with Mike Hughes. So when the Chiefs acquired him, I reached out to some sources close to the team and was basically told, in fact, I was told, hey, why not? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it really didn't cost much of anything. It was a pick swap, essentially. The Vikings moved up some of the, the mm-hmm. back after the draft, mm-hmm. and it was the sixth round. And the Chiefs looked at it like, have Jarius Sneed, who is easily their number one corner at this point. He was a rookie last year, but he was, he was fantastic, and he's been very good to this point. They have, they have, uh, Javarius Ward, who has been their number two now for a couple of years, and Rashad Fenton in the slot. They also brought in DeAndre Baker late last year, who was a former number one pick of the Giants, who got into some legal trouble, ends up getting cut. Chiefs picked them up, and the Chiefs were really high on Baker, and then he broke his leg in a pretty nasty injury in week 17 last year. Now, he's back. He's healthy, but he's kind of competing to, to get some playing time. Mike Hughes, my expectations of him going to camp were, hey, look, Maybe, you know, he should make the team, but he'll be a, a depth guy, a filler guy. But Brett Beach, the general manager there, he loves to take swings on former high draft picks. He did it with mm-hmm. Cam Irving, did it with Darren Lee, did it with Reggie Ragland, and the list goes on. And some have worked and some haven't. And I think so Hughes was, was an obvious fit in that regard. He's played really well for them to this point. Like, they've been really happy with the way he's played. And I know Vikings fans are probably sitting there saying, well, just wait. And I get it. And that might be the case. And if that's the case, I think the Chiefs are more than ready to just throw him on the bench and be done. But he's been really good as a returner for them. Yeah, and, yeah. and and that caught their eye. And then they started giving him more reps at corner. And he's been doing a good job. And he's been running with the ones. And so like, I think as we're going to talk here. Bashad Breeland going to the Vikings really kind of opened up that competition because Legarius Need is the only corner on the Chiefs. You're like, okay, he's playing. He's playing every snap. He's never coming off the field. Traveris Ward's close to that. He's not a one, but he's good too. And then after that, it's like, okay, well, who do we have? And then normally you'd say, well, you're looking for a slot corner. But when the Chiefs go into nickel, Sneed kicks inside. So then you're looking for another boundary guy. And I think it's really going to be, is it Baker? Is it Hughes? So far, Hughes has outplayed everybody else. Yeah, it's uh, he 
he came on really strong as a rookie. Um, I think Mike Zimmer said that he, when he was a rookie, he was like one of the quickest to ever just pick up a system and, and really, uh, you know, get it down. But then, you know, he injured, he tore his ACL, like what, five or six games into his career. And I, I just feel like he's never been the same since then. And sometimes for guys who tears their, tear their ACLs, it takes a couple seasons for them to get back to maybe the way they were, or even just to figure out how to play with, you know, what they're still able to do on that ACL. And, and it sounds like maybe Mike Hughes is, is figuring out how to play with his, his new knee or whatever by now. Yeah. You know, and I think with the Chiefs, he's not an overly big guy. I mean, he's 5'10", 90. But he's he's going to have to be physical at the line of scrimmage with the Chiefs, and that's kind of the way they play. They're, they'll get up on the line of scrimmage and get after you, and, look, they will put you on an island at times. Now, you know, a lot of times they play their safeties in a way where they will help the boundary corners, but the Chiefs also get in the games where they blitz. They're, they were top 10 in blitz percentage last year, so they will – They'll bring and, and when they blitz, sometimes they bring everybody. I mean, they'll bring six guys. So mm-hmm. they will put you in spots that they have to trust you. We'll see if he earns that trust. But so far, frankly, he's exceeded their expectations. I don't. I don't think they expected that he'd be running with the ones on August twenty sixth. But he has, and not because of injuries. Just right. He's earned one spot. That's good. Good for him. I, I always root for guys like that who just weren't able to figure it out. And and Mike Zimmer's defense, or especially for cornerbacks, is tough. He was, we saw yeah. Xavier Rhodes last year. He had success when he left the Vikings, went with the Colts. Um, so maybe something similar will happen with, with Hughes this year. How about former Vikings assistant coach Eric Bieniemy? Um, why isn't he a head coach right now? If I had the answer to that question, uh, <laughs> I, I'd be a rich man. I, look, I don't get it. And yeah. I I know I'm just one of many, of course, with uh-huh. that one. But you know, I, you always hear this, this stuff about, well, it's Andy Reid's offense. And look, it, it is Andy Reid's offense. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think that's a big state secret. Like, yes, if Eric Bannon left tomorrow, the Chiefs offense would be fine because mm-hmm. Andy Reid's there. And, and, and hell, at this point, Mahomes runs mm-hmm. half their offense. Yeah. I mean, he, he calls plays sometimes anyway. But Bannon has a lot of influence on what they do offensively. And and he's somebody now. He's been there a while. I mean, he was a running backs coach there. Then he was offensive coordinator. I mean, Eric Bannon has been with the Chiefs for a while now. Reed trusts him. Mahomes trusts him. I mean, there's a really symbiotic relationship. And you know, don't get me wrong. Like I think if, you know when the day moves moves on and, and he becomes a head coach as he should. Like I still think the Chiefs will, will roll offensively. I mean, they have too much talent not to. But there will be a loss. There will be a loss in the locker room. There's going to be a loss in the meeting rooms. I mean, he is he is as well-respected in that organization as anybody. I, you know, I always wonder with guys like the enemy who are clearly qualified, um, you know, is it, is it just a matter of, hey, you know what, he's got a really strong personality. He's not afraid to say what he thinks. And sometimes you get owners and GMs who are scared by that. They're intimidated by it. I, Mike, Mike I, don't, I don't get it. I, I, to me, don't you want that in a head coach? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, Eric B. Enemy is going to tell you what he thinks. But, you know, I, I mean, find me one player who doesn't like Eric Bieniemy? Yeah. I, I, the Chiefs love him. So I don't get it. I think he should, I think he should have been a head coach two years ago, but it's a benefit for the Chiefs who, despite oh, yeah. going to two state Super Bowls, have not had one coach fired away. <laughs> Nobody. Not one assistant head coach or not, not one head coach uh, coming out of Kansas City. No, no assistants have gone from KC and gone to larger roles as an assistant mm-hmm. elsewhere. I mean, that coaching staff has not lost anybody since Matt Nagy left. Hmm. Yeah, Mike Zimmer kind of he was kind of the same way though. Like he didn't get his first 
head coaching job with the Vikings until he was like 59, 58 because he yeah. always went to interviews and he just told it like it was. He's like, you know, if people don't like it, then that's too bad. He's not going to appease to the owners just to get a job and, and do stuff he's not comfortable with. So, you know, I think, I feel like next year, if Eric Bieniemy doesn't get a job, it's going to like, something's got to be done because he's going to get, he's going to get interviews, whether the chiefs are good this year or not, which it's going it's to be really hard to see if they're not. Um, I look around and really, really think to myself. But luckily, he did not get the Texans job. I will say that. Oh, I, 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 <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know Eric Bieniemy personally. I've talked to him a few times at the combine and stuff, but I, I would have hoped he wouldn't taken a job. I mean, that that's just career suicide, yeah. right? I mean, you can't, you can't take that. That's just even a pro football team. No. I, I, I do look around though at times. Now you look at the coaching hires this year, and I'm not going to single any one person out, but like yeah. you know, like Robert Sala is a really qualified guy, yeah. right? Like yeah. he definitely deserves to be a guy. There are other hires that were made this year. You look at and go, you you serious? Yeah. Like you hire that guy over Eric Bieniemy, really? Because I wouldn't have hired that guy to be Eric Bieniemy's offensive coordinator, right? Like that guy, like, and you look at, and there's more than one guy. You look at this year and just go, what? Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't get it. And I know, you know, Andy Reid has said it multiple times with pressers, and he doesn't get it. Some of the Chiefs players, Mahomes, Kelsey, and Munger have come out and said, how is he not a head coach? I mean, at this point, you really do just kind of throw your hands up. So I, I don't understand. I, I don't. I, I wish I had a better answer. But I, I think it's really just he's just a very blunt force kind of a guy. And I think in the NFL, a lot of these teams, I really believe this, they want yes men. They just yeah. oh, want yeah. guys who are just going to take marching orders, and that's it. And frankly, and it's nothing against David Kelly. I think that's what you're saying in Houston. Yeah, you know, that, that's what what's there. I feel like it's the same thing in Philadelphia. I don't know. If, I don't know in LA. I feel like maybe it's a little different with the Chargers. Um, yeah, I, I definitely. I mean, Cully is you know, 65 years old, first time yeah. job, never been head coaching. I love it. Yeah. I, honestly, I feel for David Cully. He is yeah. so widely respected in the league. He's such a nice man. But that job has the feel of like, hey, we need a scapegoat. Hey, David, you want the job? Because it's going to be real easy to scapegoat you instead of somebody who is really ultra qualified. Mm-hmm. Is what it is, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I'll be surprised if he's still the head coach after uh, this season. Um, depending on how they do, maybe maybe they do well. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but like you mentioned, the enemy's still there, so you know the Chiefs have been able to get back to the Super Bowl for two straight seasons. How are the Chiefs going to look this season? Would you be surprised if they don't make the Super Bowl for the third straight season? Well, so it's an interesting way to word it. Would I be surprised? Um, if you said to me, you're betting the Chiefs are the field, I think math says you take the field. Right. Especially considering they've played a lot of extra games over the last couple of years. And they've, you know, they've been, you know, now what, six extra games over the last two seasons. They've yeah. been to the playoffs. Every year Reed's been there since 2013, saved for 2014 when they went nine and seven, didn't get in. So they've been, I mean, you're talking about a team now that they play in January every year, lately into February. Mm-hmm. That being said, if you said to me, you got to pick one team, I, I would hesitate. I can't say. Uh, look, the, the problem that I think the rest of the AFC has, other than the obvious, which is Mahomes, the Chiefs just have so much continuity. The coaching staff's been there for a while. The team, I mean, Hill and Kelsey and Mahomes. Even guys like Hardman and Marcus Robin, I mean, they just they all know each other. Yep. There's no – like, Mahomes has never lost a game in September. 
And I think part of that is they've all been together for so long. It's just they hit the ground running so much quicker than a lot of these teams are kind of trying to fit pieces together over the first month. They just come out hammer teams. I mean, they, they really do. And this year is going to be interesting. Their first five games are Cleveland, Baltimore, the Chargers, the Eagles, and the Bills. Oh. Like, now, th- now, three of those games are at home. The Eagles are on the road. The Ravens are on the road on Sunday night. But, you know, it's funny. You look at those games. Oh my God, they're, they're going to be favored in every game. Yeah. They'll be a favorite. Maybe it's a pick them in Baltimore. Maybe. I, you know, but it's – and that's where, you know, I think with the Chiefs, they should win the division without much issue. I think the Chargers are a wild card team. I don't think they're quite ready to compete with the Chiefs yet. And then you look at the rest of the conference, who's going to beat them? I mean, I think Buffalo is the biggest threat to them. Yeah. Maybe it's Cleveland. I respect Baltimore. Baltimore has never beaten them. They're 0-3 against Mahomes. Right. They, they've not come particularly close to beating them the last two times we've seen them. You know, the Ravens love to blitz. And against Kansas City, if you blitz them, you're dead. You're just dead. You have no chance of guarding that team one-on-one. You have to sit back, play zone, and get pressure before. So, yeah, I think, look, you know, history says getting the three Super Bowls in a row is pretty tough. I mean, the Pats have done it. The Dolphins did it in the 70s. The Bills did it in the 90s. That's it. Those are the only teams to ever do it. So, it's hard. But, yeah, I mean, I'll say this. You know, for anyone, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are, you know, familiar with the Chiefs, maybe not ultra familiar. They added Jerron Reed on the defensive line. That allows Chris Jones to kick outside. Chris Jones has been out of his oh, yeah. mind all summer. Um, and then you also have five new starters on the offensive line. Oh, yeah. For any time you want to pick last year, the, the five guys are starting for the offensive line were not on the roster last year, and three of them are rookies. And you know, normally you think the Chiefs would be really concerned about three rookies starting next to each other at center, right guard, and right tackle in front of the homes. They can't wait. Like they, they're so excited. They Creed Humphrey at center, the second round pick out of Oklahoma. Trey Smith, who's the right guard at a, at a Tennessee, who was the number one prospect in the country coming out of high school. Yep. They only and he only lasted to the sixth because he had a blood condition his sophomore year. There's some health concerns there. Most people I talked to in the league series, he was about a, a top fifty pick, second round pick. And then they have Lucas Niang, who was a third rounder a year ago out of TCU, who opted out because of COVID last year. So they have those guys. Joe Tooney at left guard, who they paid $80 million to, and Orlando Brown, who they traded for from Baltimore. They they took a blowtorch to that offensive line. And to this point, it's been great. I and mean, they've been they've been dominant the first couple of weeks in the preseason. And I'm curious to see how they play against Minnesota because Minnesota is such a good front. Yeah. I'm very curious to see how that plays out. Well, they're not gonna have Daniel Hunter out there. They're not gonna have uh maybe Everson Griffin will be out there. Maybe they'll get him out there for a couple snaps because he's back now. And uh, I do think, though, that Michael Pierce on the inside and Devin Tomlinson are supposed to play. So we'll see. We'll see how they do with them. Maybe because yeah. those guys, those guys are beasts on the inside. Um, all right. So we talked earlier about some former Vikings on the Chiefs, but there's a pretty notable former Chiefs Chiefs player in Bashad Breland, who is now yes. with the Vikings. Uh, what can Vikings fans expect to see from Breland this season? Breland's a really good player. A really good player. I think he's easily the biggest loss the Chiefs had this offseason. Oh, wow. He's, he's a far bigger loss than Samuel Watkins is, in my opinion. Watkins is, is a, a loss in the sense that they um, – I don't know that they they backfilled it, but Watkins is hurt all the time. Breland plays. They had a four-game suspension last year, but you know he's – look, he's very physical. Yes. One thing I will tell Vikings fans right now, you just kind of have to accept. He is going to take some penalties. <laughs> In fact, I would encourage any Vikings fan 
to go back and watch last year, they, they were in the AFC Championship game, of course, against the Bills, and Stephon Diggs, who led the league in catches. Yeah, the, the body slam, right? Or the, the they, oh, over the shoulder there? <laughs> they put Breland on him one-on-one in that game yeah. and basically said, we don't care if you take a penalty. Be physical and get after him. And Stephon Diggs in that game did nothing. I mean, you go back and watch He took two penalties real early in that game, and the rest of that game, Stephon Diggs was a hood ornament. And Breland has a history of, you know, he'll get his hands on your face. He'll get his hand, you know, he'll grab. But I will tell you this. As someone who's covered the Chiefs, I love watching Rashad Breland. And they would not have won the Super Bowl without Rashad Breland. Absolutely uh-huh. would not have won the Super Bowl without him. He was in the one corner of that team. Everybody in the locker room loves him. I can't tell you how many people I've had tell me who, what a great guy he is in the room. He's going to be a really nice pickup for them. Um, I, I look, I get, and I can also say the Chiefs wanted to bring him back, but ultimately we're trying to juggle cap space, and the Vikings mm. swooped in. And I think it's, I think it's a great signing for Minnesota. I, he is going to be, look, he's not an elite one. Like he's not. I'm not trying to hype him up like he's Jalen Ramsey here, okay? Because oh, yeah. there, there are times because of how aggressive he is, you know, he'll get beat here and there. But I take Breon on my team 10 times out of 10. He's physical. He can play. He's, he's a better athlete than he gets credit for. And he's got good hands. If he gets his hands on the ball, he's probably going to pick it off. He's he's a good player, man. He, he'll be a really nice fit for Bikes. And he's not even going to be the number one. Patrick Peterson's no. going to do that. So he doesn't have to here's, guard the top Here's guys. my hot take. He's going to be better than Patrick Peterson. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I've liked. I, he had a really good game last week against the Colts. Um, like, I liked what I've seen from him in, in and, camp and everything. I think Peterson's going to be good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, Peterson, look, I mean, he's not the same guy was three years ago. Otherwise, he wouldn't right. be out in Minnesota. Arizona would have kept him. Right. Breland, he was not let go because there was a big drop-off. There wasn't a drop-off. He mm-hmm. was essentially let to walk because they had to fix their offensive line and put a lot of money into it. Yeah. And with the emergence of Lejarius Sneed being a number one, I think the Chiefs felt they could get a little cheaper there. Um and maybe that's fair enough. I mean, Snead played great last year. He was the number one corner on the team last year by the end of it. But, you know, in the end, when they needed to stop Stephon Diggs, they put Breland on him, and they did not give him a lot of help. It was a lot of legit one-on-one, and it was a wrestling match. And, you know, two flags, fine. Who cares? He had 30 yards receiving. Stephon Diggs, uh, I, I don't know. Vikings fans don't know who that guy is. So uh, we'll have to <laughs> yeah, do some pretty research. Good. Uh, yeah, he is all right. Um Looking to looking at Friday's game, it's the third preseason game, which is now the final preseason game for for every team. Yep. Typically, the final game is in the past. It was just like for the the guys in the like fourth string, fifth string, just try and yep. figure out a way to stay on the roster or find a practice squad job. But it sounds like the Vikings are going to play some starters. I know there's some other teams around the league playing some starters. I think I saw the Chiefs are going to play some starters. Oh yeah, should the starters play? On Friday. So, look, I always come down this. The Chiefs are notorious for they will They will play starters. <laughs> if, if Andy Reid could play them five quarters, he would do it. <laughs> I mean, they just – you know, you see all this stuff. Like, Sean McVay is kind of notorious for not playing anybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Andy Reid takes a complete opposite approach. So, you're a football player. We need to get continuity. You're going to get out there and play. And it's hard to argue. They've literally not lost a game in September in, like, five years. So, okay. I mean, fine. I always cringe. Because I look at the preseason, like I think a lot of people do. I don't care if you lose 49 nothing. If you get out of the game healthy, you won. That's it. It's all that matters. But the Chiefs say they're going to play these guys throughout the whole first half of the game. Now, I I think that's a little bit of 
gamesmanship with Andy. Like, because he will say that. There's been a history of him saying that. And then they look great on the first possession or two, and they're done. Mm-hmm. So the Chiefs' first-team offense, the lines looked great, but they bogged down a few times. Like I Now, granted, they've only had like four drives together, and Hill didn't mm-hmm. play last game. He had a little bit of a tight hamstring. I would suspect if the Chiefs, to the chagrin of Vikings fans, if they drive down the field and they score a touchdown, I have a feeling Andy's going to go, okay, we're done. But if they don't, they're going to come out for a second series, maybe a third series. See, I think you'll see you'll see a good bit of the starters, you know, for at least a quarter, and you know, maybe even a little into the second. And I think it varies from team to team. Um, you look at a team like me, like the Cardinals, who have Kyler Murray, and he's very essential to like how their whole entire offense runs. And he had a game last. He he went against the Chiefs last week, and he was sacked twice. Um, and his three drives, and this week he's not going to play. So, because the, the Cardinals are like, we're we're not going to do that again. He's like way too important for our offense. But then you look at someone like Kirk Cousins. Yes, he's important for the Vikings. Uh, but Dalvin Cook is not going to play, and he. I think a lot of people would argue he is the most important player on the Vikings offense because just because he touches the ball so much, um, and he's you know Mike Zimmer likes to run the ball ninety times a game. Sure. Um, so I think it varies. In my opinion, I would rather just have – I wouldn't want any stars to play at all in the preseason. I don't see the benefit unless it's younger guys who are just coming in. Maybe they're, they're playing a new role. I know with younger quarterbacks, it's different too because you're trying to get in the NFL and get the speed. But I look at it, I'm like, what's like, what's the benefit? I don't I don't understand what the benefit is, and the risk to me is w- way too high for you to receive any sort of benefit. I can't express the fear I have, and he did it <laughs> twice last game, when Mahomes decides – that they're going to run a read option and he's going to keep it. (laughs) And he never slot. He just turns it up like he's a back and lowers his shoulder. And you're like, Patrick, for the love of God, man, go down. Yeah. Like, I don't care if you lose 70 yards on this play. Like, just fall. But it's not the way he is. He's going to dive head first into a guy for a first down, a lower shoulder. And, you know, I hate to say it, one of these days – you know, maybe may not seriously hurt, but he's gonna he's gonna jam his shoulder. Something's gonna happen. Yeah. I mean, you, you hope it never does, but the odds are, even if it's not anything that keeps him out of action, you know, he's gonna have a sore shoulder the next day or something. I mean, it's I if I were head coach, I would play these guys like a series of games just to yeah. get him in the flow a little bit and get out. But Andy Reid doesn't do that. He will be in the Hall of Fame. I will. Uh, I'm guessing not be. And again. They don't lose in September. They win every game they play. So it's like, all right, well, who am I to argue with him? But yes, I'm. My favorite part of Friday night is going to be when the game's over, <laughs> and I don't have to. And I'm, hopefully, everybody's healthy on both teams. Because look, the Chiefs have Super Bowl aspirations. Minnesota's got a lot of talent. Like the last thing you want to do is walk out of one of these games and go, can you believe we lost you know, an all-pro level player mm-hmm. in a preseason game? Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it, but let's be honest, it happens every year. Every year, a couple guys that matter get hurt in preseason. Yeah, Kurt Warner wouldn't have a career if uh, Kurt right. didn't get hurt preseason. That's right. So uh, that's all I got for you today, Matt. Uh, where can people follow you on Twitter? At Matt Verderam, V-E-R-D-E-R-A-M-E. I'm on there way more than I should be. That's my <laughs> wife. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, at fansided.com, of course, where they can find all your stuff, find all my stuff, yeah. Stack in the Box podcast, Stack in the Box column, and uh, Arrowhead Attic podcast if you just really want to bone up on the Chiefs. Yeah, there you go. Check those out. Follow him. Subscribe to his podcast. Subscribe to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, we talk to you later.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.